Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Slam podcast. You may have noticed that I am not Matt Chivers. Um, we have swap roles this week and I'm taking charge for once just to see how it works from the other side. Uh, Matt, good good to have you here and, and, and in the pundits chair this week. I know it's a bit strange really. It's like the old days um, when our former colleague Alex used to host the Slam podcast. Um, I was very much like a pundit or guest when he used to do it, um, I don't mind doing it. To, I, don't, I don't mind either role. To be fair, I quite I quite enjoy being the host. But um, switching it up, how how do you feel about your your hosting debut? Yeah, I mean, as always, I'm I'm Matt Coles alongside Matt Chivers, the two Matts here, and uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm just going to basically tee you up, and you can talk. That's you know, my job's easy, surely. Well, yeah, I hope I, I hope I haven't sort of portrayed this image of like a talking clock or or like a. Someone who like rants and raves about things like aimlessly. Um, I hope I do sort of talk some a degree of sense when um when I ramble on about things. But yeah, another bit another busy week, wasn't it? Maybe less busy than the regular week as PJ Tours in a bit of a lull at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you mentioned a busy week, um, and it's it has been a busy week, you know, all around the world. We've had. Uh, Firstly, the Horizon Irish Open, Vincent Norman going low on Sunday to to win at the K-Club. Um, what an event it was as well, the K-Club hosting again uh, for the first time in uh, seven years or so. Incredible crowds, as always. Um, we had a playoff at the Kroger Queen City Championship on the LPGA. Minji Lee uh, beating Charlie Hull on the second extra hole there. Um, going back to the possibility of Ireland as well, Rory McIlroy spoke this week about the Open possibly being held there for the first time, the first time it would possibly be held outside of the UK. Uh, Marco Simone's been popular over the last couple of weeks. The American team, or part of the American team, um, were there this week. European team are there as we speak. And then this week, what a week we've got. We've got the DP World Tour's flagship event, the BMW PGA Championship. An absolutely incredible field will line up at Wentworth. And then we've got the Fortinet Championship as well, which takes place this week. Um, back to Max Homer and, of course, Justin Thomas scrambling around for some form ahead of that Ryder Cup we'll both be featuring. Before we get into that, though, as always, the Slam is sponsored by Callaway. And, of course, the new Apex Pros, CBs, MBs and UW Irons are all now available in store and online. Um, so, Matt, let's let's start in, in Ireland then. Um, what a performance it was on Sunday from from Vincent Norman. Came from miles back, fired in the low round of the day, seven under par sixty five to win by a single shot. Um, just your thoughts on on how well he played on on Sunday, and of course a second win for him this year. Yeah, I mean he's clearly he's obviously a massively impressive player. Um, I tweeted last night, and I tweeted when um, Norman won the Barbasol on the PJ. Tour, technically a DP World Tour event, that isn't it? I think yeah, co-sanctions. Yeah. Um, so technically, he's got two DP World Tour wins now. But when he when he first tw- uh, won the Barbasol, I tweeted because a few months back we spoke to I spoke to Dan Bradbury on the um, on the Slam podcast, and during Dan's time in America um, with Lincoln Memorial Uni, oh, I don't, I'm not sure I've got that right or not, but it's. During his time in, in college golf in America, he earmarked as Vincent Norman as one player who really stood out to him, playing with him, playing against him, things like that. Um, and then sh- he shortly went on to win the Barbasol, and now he's won the DP World uh, uh, won on the DP World Tour again at the Irish Open. And 
during the weekend where it looked like scoring was quite difficult because you had um, uh, Shabanka Sharma, who was on, I think it was on 13, 13, 14 under, 12 under, something like that, um, after after two rounds. Um, and Jordan Smith's up there as well, of course. And then you had the winning score was turned out to be 14 under. So to shoot 65 on a Sunday um, during a weekend where it seemed scoring was quite difficult and it's quite hard to climb the leaderboards, um, is, you know, you know, what, how impressive is that? Um, Roy McIlroy couldn't really make any, any inroads into the lead um, on Sunday. I don't think he led on his own at all. I think he shared the lead with Hurley Long, um, the German who sort of stalled as well. He shot level par or... Um, yeah, I think he shot level par on the day. And then there are a couple of others who who were just a, a couple under par. You know, Grant Forrest was two under par for the day. Sharma was one under for the day. Ryan Fox was two under for the day. Hurley Long was level. Um, a brilliant round from Thriston Lawrence as well, who was six under, I think. Um, but as I say, Vincent Norman really took it by the, sort of the, the scruff of the neck. Um, got a crucial birdie to take him to 14 under. Um got six birdies in the space of eight holes, I believe, which that was just so, so, so impressive. Um, and to me, it just, it just sort of earmarks this sort of level of Scandinavian brilliance um, on the world scene and, you know, on the European scene as well. It feels like Europe and if to, on about the Ryder Cup and Europe's future, it's been carried a bit by, by, by Scandinavians. I don't know if you've noticed that at all. But you've also you've got Victor Hovland, the, the, the completely obvious one, the FedEx Cup winner, who's now ranked fourth in the world, I think, arguably the best player in the world. Um, Ludwig Aberg, who's obviously got big things ahead. Um, and then you've got Vincent Norman, who's sort of an upcoming star. But the amateur scene is is um, fraught with Scandinavian talent as well. So, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was, it was um, obviously very impressive. Um, yeah, big things to come from him, I imagine. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, as, as you mentioned now, it, it was a, a weekend where it was very low scoring. Um, sorry, very high scoring, I should say. You know, plays weren't going low across Saturday and Sunday. And for, for Vincent Norman to, to do that on Sunday, you know, I suppose the pressure was off him somewhat. You know, no, no one mm. was looking at him to, you know, to to be up there at the end. You know, you were looking at the likes of, of Rory and, and Ryan Fox, of course, who's won several times on the DP World Tour. You know, names like that was where you were looking. Um, and, you know, he just snuck up out of nowhere. You mentioned six birdies in eight holes. That was the run that really catapulted him up. It was an incredible par save as well. I think it was on 16. Um, it was just a, a solid all-round performance on Sunday. We've mentioned Rory and, of course, Shane Lowry as well, two of the, the home favourites. Um you know, Rory, it was just another of those days where it just didn't quite click for him, wasn't it? You know, we, there was a double, a triple, um, and he did birdie the last to move back up into a tie for 16th. Um, but it just wasn't his day, was it, on Sunday? No, round of two over. Um, and his scorecard was was very bizarre. He had two birdies in the front in the first four holes to draw level with with Long and, and the rest of the leaders at the top of the leaderboards. Um, play was delayed, wasn't it? Of course, through threat of bad weather. Um, but then a double bogey on the on the par four seventh at the K Club, um, and then that was met later by a bogey on the eleventh. Um, of course, the the double bogey in the seventh came by a, a shot in the water, a, a bogey on the eleventh hole, 
um, another hole in which he had to take a drop, and then the, the triple bogey on the 16th. You know, par fives with Roy McIlroy. You know, th- those are the holes really that you've you seen him to to score on. Um, I know every pro would like to score well on par fives, and because they can all hit it so far and they strike the ball so well. But particularly with McIlroy, he can sort of reduce par fives to, to you know, like well, just par fours <laughs> to, 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 to 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 put it in simple terms. And you know, a, a triple bogey. Um, basically took him out of contention, but tied 16th, he'd be disappointed with that, I imagine. However, it's just, when McElroy just plays golf now, you do just expect him to be at the top of the leaderboard. Like, you can't say that for many other golfers at the minute, other than maybe Victor Hovland. Um, because even at the Tour Championship, Scotty Scheffler sort of fell away. And um, you've got people like Patrick Cantlay, who play well consistently, and Chauvelet as well. But, there's only ever one player that you think could actually win every week. I think that is McElroy at the minute. Um, I know it didn't go go his, his way at the K Club on Sunday, despite his previous experiences there. Where obviously he won the, the Irish Open in 2016. Um, but yeah, shame. It was nice to see Lowry um, play really well. Um, top three, top two finish. Um, only a couple of shots behind Norman in the ends, so he got some he got some valuable reps, and it didn't quite didn't quite help. Help the age of your article in midweek, did it? When you, when you argued that he might not have been chosen for the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my statement at the time was valid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if when you look uh, looking at the stats, you know, it. Everyone says you know Shane Lowry was always going to be in the team, um, but I I still feel that Adrian Moronk has been. Robbed is maybe not the right word um, mm. because you know all these players are still deserving of a place, perhaps. But ahead of this week, I think Moronk maybe should have been in, and I probably should have been in it ahead of Lowry when you look at what he's done um, this year. But you know, tied third at the Irish Open in front of your home fans, it's a good way to start the month of September off for, for Shane Lowry. But of course, we'll go to to Wentworth where he is the defending champion. Um, and then on to, to Marco Simone for the Ryder Cup. Um, but, of course, those two, Rory and Shane Lowry, of course, had the crowds behind them. Um, and as always, the Irish fans come out in force. Um, and it was just great to see again this week. Yeah, it, it's a, it, it looks like an amazing event. Um, the crowds always come out at, at, at these events. Um, Richard Boxall, not Richard Boxall, um, Radar, Wayne, Wayne Riley on... Um, on Sky, I often often notice that each year he says this is his favourite event to report on, to work at. Um, sorry, a massive big ray of light just comes to my face from my window. Um, like the heavens had opened there. Did you see that? <laughs> um, but look yeah, great. Uh, look great. <laughs> look great. But, um, yeah, the, the, the crowd. There's some screenshots I saw on the t- on TV and on social media as well of. of, of um, on some holes where the crowds are 20 or 30 deep watching Rory, watching Tyrrell Hatton, watching Padre Harrington, um, just watching all the stars, watching Shane Lowry. Um, and I think, I think the K club is, it, it's, it's I've, I've never actually been there. It's, it's a great, it, it seems like a great venue and it's hosted the, the Irish open a couple of times now. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's a welcome return for the Royal County down to host it next year, just purely because, it has hosted it before. It hosted it in 2015. Um, I feel like, I don't know, not to disrespect these courses, but they've had it at Mount Juliet recently in the K Club. And I don't know, these are more sort of Parkland courses, aren't they? With the with sort of the 
the quality of links courses that there are in Ireland, um, I just thought they'd be sort of branching out a bit more. Like it was in, it's been sort of four years since it was at La Hinch um, when John Rahm won it. And then Barry Liffin before that, Port Stewart before that, when John Rahm won again. Like those are all, I've not been there, but they look like amazing golf courses. Um, so it's a shame that maybe, well, it's good that obviously the Irish Open is going to back to County Down next year. And the crowd still come out regardless. But I suppose in terms of a venue perspective, it'd be nice if um, the Irish Irish links courses were used a bit more. I don't know sort of how you feel on that, but yeah, no, I, I do see where you're coming from. Obviously, we know that the courses that it has been held at, you know, recently do have their own history and their own, you know, despite being Parkland and not Link style. Of course, John Rahm's win at La Hinch was was incredible back in and um, 2019, I think that was. Um, when, of course, the event was a Rolex series event as well. You know, it's mm. not got that status anymore, which I, I, for me is a surprise when you look at the crowds and you look at how many people turn out for that event. Um, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we, f- or we feel, or I feel at least, that the Irish Open, Scottish Open and the Open Championship should be three back-to-back weeks. Mm. You know, make the first two Rolex series events, obviously the Genesis Scottish Open at the Renaissance already is. Play the Irish Open on Lynx courses, as you've just alluded to, and then it's a perfect three-week stint, you know, with the culminating in the Open Championship, wherever that may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think it's, it's for me, it should be a Lynx venue. But the K Club, of course, has provided, you know, the 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 drama over the last, you know, this year and in, in 2016, because not everyone remembers that shot from Rory McIlroy. Um, on the par five, and man, Juliet has had its moments as well. Um, a couple of years back, uh, sorry, last year, um, when Adrian Morant won it, and of course, sort of mm-hmm. came to the fore as a as a DP World Tour player. Um, I think we all know my thoughts and feelings on Adrian Morant at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just a word for the fans again. Like I mentioned, I think the DP World Tour actually posted a a, a reel on on Instagram. Uh, it's probably on Facebook as well. And they spoke to you know a few of the players. I think Billy Horschel was on it, Marcel Seam, Thomas Bjorn, and a few others. And it was they posed the question of um, what are the best three things about Ireland. Um, the majority of them said you know the golf courses, the food, the Guinness, obviously. Um, but every single one of them mentioned the fans, mentioned the crowd, yeah, yeah. the people. Um, and I think that says a lot about not just Irish golf fans, but Irish people in general as well. They're just, they're <laughs> a great, you know, they're a great bunch. They're good crack. Um, and uh, the fact that they come out and support the Irish Open every year, no matter where it is, south, mm. north, west, east, it's always packed. One of the most, you know, populated events on tour, without doubt. Um, just goes to show what Irish golf fans are and how well they're, you know, respected and well needed for the game. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the... I think the field the field did sort of garner a good support as well. Like, I think it is important, like we've discussed with the British Masters before, like it's massively important that um, these events on the DP World Tour, um, slightly elevated purse event, this one as well, it was $6 million and just over a million for Vincent Norman, the winner. Um, but it's important that these DP World Tour events do attract big names because those are obviously the ones that are going to um, attract the fans, attract prize money. Um, and you had McElroy Lowry, you had Billy Horshaw as well, who's a, who's a well-known supporter of DP World Tour. You've got Adam Scott as well, 
um, who played in Ireland last week. I mean, that's a great draw. Adam Scott, you know, he hasn't played in a in a, sort of an exclusively DP World Tour event for a while. You know, he plays he played in the Genesis Scottish Open, but I don't think that's that's obviously not an ex- well. I suppose it is actually, isn't it? That that is a DP World Tour event, but it's not. It doesn't yeah, really count as one, does it? It's like an elevated. Yeah, yeah. I can't. It is, is it co-sanctioned? I can't remember. It is, yeah, it's co-sanctioned. Yeah, because yeah, that's the same week as the Barbasol, which of course Vincent yeah. Norman won. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I don't think he's played in like a exclusive DP World Tour event since like the the the, the Australian PGA the P, or the Australian Open, and even then, that's probably co-sanctioned with the PGA of Australia or something as well. So yeah. it's, it's great to see Adam. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to see Adam Scott's like come over to the UK and sort of vindicate what everyone says about Irish golf, that it is one of the premier like destinations. And it is no surprise that all the all, all the players say how good the fans are. And they turn out in their thousands. Um, suppose in that sense, it doesn't matter where you hold it because the fans will always come out. But maybe in terms of a of a viewer perspective, or even for the players as well, I'm sure they'd rather I'm sure they'd rather, you know, go to Royal County down next year where where it is. And you know, it's been at Port Rush in the past, La Hinch. Places like that. I've I've only got off off people's words because I've never actually been to these courses. Um, but it just seemed like a. It, it seems it, it seems like um, it'd just be a better spectacle and a better experience for the players and the fans if they were to travel to all these amazing Irish golf courses. Maybe they're not all capable of holding events. You know, you obviously got to think of that. Um, but yeah, that, that 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 was one thought from the weekend. But other than that, I thought it was really really enjoyable to watch. You mentioned, of course, La Hinch, Ballyliffin. Um, there's been talk this week of, of Port Marnock, of mm. course. Um, and we mentioned how good the Irish fans are. Um, we saw them, of course, in 2019 at Royal Portrush in the north, Northern Ireland, of course. Rory McIlroy this week, of course, said about the possibility of the Open Championship being held outside of the UK for the first time. Port Marnock was the venue in question. Just to talk about the Open, obviously we've had you know 150 years of history. It's only ever been held in three countries, seven venues in Scotland, six venues in England, and of course Portrush in Northern Ireland. It surprised me that it's never actually been held in Wales. Mm. The, the Open Championship, of course, you've got Royal Porthcawl and there's Celtic Manor now as well, and you know there's mm. a lot of good courses in Wales, St David's and, and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, just your thoughts on that first, on the fact it hasn't actually been been hosted in Wales before. Well, yeah, they it's um Martin Slumbers was asked at the Open, wasn't he, if if it was in their plans to use Porth Calls. It's been used for Open qualifying and the Senior Open this year, where we saw like brutal conditions. But yeah, it, it just seems like I don't know. The, the 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 more the more you sort of think about adding a course to the Open Rotor, it's it must be difficult because you've got to assess. Everything, haven't you? Like the logistics of getting fans into a golf course, the travel, like trains and buses to get there, and the media and all the hospitality tents. So it must be incredibly difficult to just to assess the options of adding a golf course to the open rotor. I mean, I, I don't. I've not, the only golf course I've been to in Wales is Royal Porth Cool. I thought it was amazing. Um, I don't know if Royal St David's or other courses like that are. Um, are suitable eat as well. I've, I've, I don't know if they're good enough courses. I've never been there, but it just seems like Wales is a place that obviously is 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 is, is been rejected um, in, 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 in its in its pursuit. 
if there has been a pursuit for, for, for the Open. And in terms of Rory's like comments on Port Marnock, it is a strange one because well, I, I emailed the RNA about it and they weren't they they just sort of declined to comment. They just said we, we don't want to comment on this. I think that a few other websites said that as well that they'd contacted the RNA and they didn't want to comment. Um, it's almost like a political issue, isn't it? Really, because it's outside the UK. So whether so whether that constitutes it's a British Open or not, you know, don't want to go much down into a rabbit hole about this, but um, Rory did sort of allude to that it takes a lot to host an Open um, in terms of logistical stuff, commercial stuff. Um, but I wonder, I wonder what the RNA would make of his comments because he he did say um, having a course that's so close to a major city, being Dublin, so close to a major airport, having a great golf course. I think it would be amazing. I think they are seriously looking at it. I mean, for him to say, I think they are seriously looking at it, is quite a significant statement, isn't it? Yeah. Well, who are they? Is that mm. the RNA? Is that the golf course themselves? Yeah. You know, we obviously that if that if the they um, that was difficult for me to say if the <laughs> they is the RNA, for instance, then is that maybe why they're declining to comment because there's the possibility of an announcement coming soon. Obviously, know where the, we know where the next three Open Championships are, as, as they announced, um, that we'd be going back to um, Birkdale in 2026. Martin Slumbers announced that at um, this year's Open Championship. Obviously, of course, where it's um, Royal Troon next year and then back to Royal Port Rush, of course, in, in 2025. Um, do you think an, an Open Championship in, in, in Ireland would work? Well... But I don't see why it wouldn't work compared to as long as the golf course and the surroundings were was a fit. It wouldn't be any different to holding it at St Andrews or St George or whatever, would it? Like I did find it quite interesting that um, in twenty twenty one the the golf club Port Marnock in County Dublin it, they allowed they voted to allow women's members for the first time in twenty twenty one, which is you know that's pretty behind the curve. For a golf course, really, isn't it? To allow women's members just two years ago, and allow um, field a few years before that, of course. Yeah, exactly. Well, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago that St George, Royal St George's, didn't allow women's members. I I used to caddy there when I was sort of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen for like four or five years, and it's it's not long ago that St George's didn't um, allow allow women's members. I don't even, I know the exact year that they were sort of allowed to join, um, but I think. I think I'm led to believe that it, it was crucial that St George's did change its policy um, to um, allow women's members to, you know, to keep hosting events. And the same with Port Marnock, um, we reported it was reported that it became eligible to host RNA events after allowing the first nine women to join the club in December last year. So that, that, that's quite an interesting dynamic as well. That. Um, with Port Marnock, um, but as I say, I've not, I've not been, I've not been to the course. Um, it looks like a fantastic, another fantastic Irish links. But in terms of your question, like I think, as long as the golf course was right and the setup and the logistics are okay, then obviously that would mean it's fine to host and open. It's just that it is an interesting sort of, it is almost a political thing, really, where um, it whether there would ever be an open in Ireland. You just I suppose we don't. Just don't don't know, do we? Yeah, it's a good point. You mentioned the fact that obviously it's known as the British Open, um, and that would be a, mm. 
a key point that would, you know, maybe confuse fans worldwide. Obviously, we know it's the Open Championship, um, but obviously, fans worldwide call call it the British Open to you know differentiate from the U.S. Open uh, and so on. Um, I'm sure that hasn't probably been taken into much of an account in terms of of a decision compared to, as you say, logistics and, and so on. Of course, we were at Royal Liverpool um, in the summer, and they used, of course, the the practice range. Um, the driving range, which bends around from what is usually the the first hole at Royal Liverpool, um, was the third this year as they just flipped it round slightly uh, for the Open. And they used all that, of course, didn't they, for the mm. for the uh, hospitality, yeah. the, for the club club shop, sorry, the uh, the Open shop, um, and so on. Um, so it does require a lot of space, as you mentioned, um, to host a, a big tournament like this, and that's probably why a couple of the Older venues have sort of come off the the rotation because of that. Um, but you also mentioned the the possibility of you know how difficult can it be to actually add another course into that rotation. And when you think that it seems to be that St Andrews hosts the tournament every five years, um, it seems to be that Port Rush is hosting it every five years at the moment as well. Yeah, uh, of course, every this gap will be six because of the postponement due to the um, COVID pandemic. Um, and then you've got Royal Liverpool and Royal Birkdale, which will be, both be nine years after their previous hosting. Where, where do you fit another course into? Well, it's difficult, rotation? isn't it? I think, I think, it, I think you know, it'd be likely that St George's gets it back in maybe twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine as well. Um, and since, and since, um, I think then you've got Trude next year as well. You've got Carnoustie to fit in there. Um, yeah, we've already had one leg, haven't we? Muirfield. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, we don't know, do we? There's, there's, there's rumours of different courses. Um, you know, this is just another rumour, isn't it? There's rumours that Prince's might um, get an open one what one day. Mm. To be honest, I don't, I've not been down Prince's for a few years now, despite it sort of being not far from my family home in Dover. But there's only one road that goes into Prince's. So that that'll be very interesting to see how that how that, that would pan out. But that's obviously only just rumour. Anyway, mm. there's, there's no there's no there's no substance to that at all. Port Rush was added. It seemed like Port Rush was added quite easy, to be fair. Um, and that's obviously going to do it again in a couple of years. So it was interesting, McElroy's comments. It was a fairly significant statement that I was quite surprised at, to be fair. Yeah, and this, of course, as we mentioned, it was the they are looking into it is mm. sort of what sparked the talk. I think really. I mean, if he hadn't have probably said that line. People may have just thought, oh, yeah, an Open in Ireland, yeah, maybe, you know. But the fact he said they are looking into it, that yeah. sparked the speculation, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but why not host it in, in in Ireland? Why, you know, why not bring the sport's oldest, you know, championship and the, the Open championship to, you know, Port Monarch, which is, as we've already mentioned, close to Dublin, close to Dublin Airport, as we know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of Americans and a lot of, you know, foreign golf supporters come to the UK to watch the Open Championship. I mean, Dublin has a lot to offer as a mm-hmm. city itself. I've been there, you know, several times, um, enjoyed several nights out there. Um, and, you know, it's it's a great city. And I think that may swing things a little bit, you know, to 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 get the possibility of an Open there. Because obviously you've got the likes of Hoylake and Birkdale have, you know, Liverpool and Manchester airports. Mm. You've got the courses in the southeast that have obviously 
you know, there's what five airports in London. You've got St Andrews and Carnoustie's on. They've got Edinburgh Airport, and of course Glasgow a little bit further away. So they all have good transport links for those um, overseas golf fans that come over to watch. So that could also be another thing that might be brought into the thinking. Yeah. For Port Marnock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as we say, it's 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 like just pure speculation, isn't it? Um, it's only something that Roy McIlroy said, isn't it? Um, and uh, and if you think about it, it, it's something that wouldn't be brought in or introduced for quite a long time, would it? No. Um, if if this ever if this ever came to fruition, or if it ever had any substance, so um, just one of those things, isn't it? I'm surprised. I'm surprised he came out of it, but we'll just have to see, won't we? Yeah, we can only wait and see. Um, but from Rory. Obviously, we know he will be playing at the Ryder Cup at Marco Simone. Um, just talk to us a little bit, uh, Matt, about who was at Marco Simone this week, um, possibly in preparation for a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, well, well, the American team were there, weren't they? Um, it, there must be some sort of c- coordinated um, visit between America and USA. America have been there this week, I believe. seems like Team Europe are there now as well. Um, but yeah, they, they, I think, I think the American team left yesterday, um, two weeks before the Ryder Cup starts. There were some good, there's some, there's some really good photos to be fair of the sort of US team in Rome. One of them, they've, they've had, it's like they've had a few bottles of wine and something to eat. And then one of the vice captains, Jim Furyk, is sat, I don't know if you've seen it, he's sat there. In his in his Brookline t shirt, yeah. you know those horrible t shirts. It's the shirt with the photo frames on, isn't yeah. it? I think the one. Yeah, that it's obviously famous from the was it Justin Leonard with the yeah. with, over the uh, was it Alasabelle's line as they all came running on. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He's kept it. I hope he's washed it. But that's <laughs> that, that's twenty four years. That's twenty four years later, which is pretty. Pretty funny. He sat there in it. It's a bit of a flex, isn't it, from Fury? But no, yeah. no, yeah. Team America were there. Um, it, it, I'd noticed that it, on like a big, excuse me, on a big sort of picture of 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 Team America on the first hole, it looks like you've got all the players. You've got Davis Love, Jim Furyk, Stuart Sink, just a few of the vice captains there. Uh, Stricker, and you've got Zach Johnson in the middle. There's no, um, there was no um, sign of Jordan Spieth, I don't think, or. Uh, Xander Schauffele or Patrick Cantley, unless I'm wrong. Um, perhaps they've got sort of family things. You know, I think Jordan Spieth hasn't long hasn't long been a dad, has he? Um, and then I'm sure they've got sort of family things to be getting on with, or or whatever. So that, that was just an observation that, that, that they weren't it, 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 as part of the group. But they're all there. Kepka's there. Burns is there. They're all there. Brian Harmon in the um, picture is clearly the, um, the most diminutive, shortest player. Um, <laughs> I the, didn't know the that was there's a there's quite there's quite a gap, isn't there, between him and the two people the two yeah. places next to. Yeah, who's he sat next? He's, he's, he's next to Justin Thomas and Zach Johnson. Who would you wouldn't even associate them with being fairly tall or that <laughs> or that imposing, but even Brian Harmon's shorter than them, but I suppose it just goes to show how impressive his not that his height's anything to do with his golf, but sort of how diminutive he is and he dominated the open. But um good to see Brooks back amongst I, th- I think a lot of pl- pictures of Brooks came out. He's just become a dad, of course, isn't he? Fairly recently, he's um, he's part of Team USA this time. Um, the standard, the standard drop the ball in the rough video was w- was on like it was the US Open. Came out early, three yeah, weeks, yeah. three weeks in advance. And I know that ball disappeared. I know, I know. For all, for all those who love it or don't love it, <laughs> these these Go find videos it. that get trotted <laughs> out. 
I'm sure there'll be plenty more where that came from. Um, yeah, but I thought it was nice, just as a little tangent, I thought it was nice to see Brooks back amongst the PGA Tour crowd, to be honest. I'm sure he's happy to be back amongst them as well. Yeah. Um, good video of, of them all on the range, just hitting shots, and it's great content to, to build us up to it, to be fair. Um, and then, of course, you've got Team Europe there this week. Um, clearly, just both have got booked in scouting missions, ready for, getting ready for the Ryder Cup, but you've got... Max Home and Justin Thomas playing this week as well. So they were made a little short trip to Rome and then back to California for the Forty Net Championship as well. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned this week. Obviously, um, all I believe all twelve of, of Team Europe will be at Wentworth as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, a short it's not not a long flight, I suppose, from from Rome to to London. Um, Wentworth always a a, a great place um, to, to watch. I've been a couple of times myself. Um, and the BMW PGA course is the DP World Tour's flagship event. Um, I say flagship event because you know it's supposedly, in terms of the two tours, akin to the Players Championship. Um, but you may not think that. But then you, you look at the field for this week, and it is strong. It is very strong indeed. Um, I mean, I'll just run you through some of the names. Um, for instance, you know, there's Rory McIlroy. You know, there's John Rahm, there's, there's defending champion Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, Billy Horschel, Victor Hovland, you know, who's won a few things this year. Um, Ludwig Aberg, um, Rasmus Hoygaard, uh, Tom McKibben, a winner this year. Adrian Moronk, Vincent Norman, of course, who won last week. Thorbjorn Olsen, um, Ryan Fox, Robert McIntyre. Um, you know, the list goes on. Um, it's... It is the biggest event on the DP World Tour, barring the Rolex. Uh, sorry, including the Rolex series, I should say. It's one of the five events. It's the biggest event on the DP World Tour at the DP World Tour's home of Wentworth, Virginia Water. Um, and of course, it all starts on Wednesday with the pro am. We always mm-hmm. know there's always a good, great yeah, host yeah, yeah. playing in that. I'm sure there'll be a few of the West Ham boys playing alongside Billy Horschel, as <laughs> always. Um, I wonder if Declan Rice will still get the call now. Um, well, I hope not. I hope he stays safe and sound <laughs> and, and ready for Sunday. No, no, no injury troubles, please, Declan. Um, but yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I say, I've been to Wentworth a couple of times myself. Um, it's a great place to watch golf. You know, it's not your typical sort of amphitheater style golf course. You know, like you've seen it. You know, like the Golf National, where you've got the mounds on either side, mm. and, and with links courses in the UK. It's not got that sort of vibe. But every single year, it always attracts fans. It's always a great, it always has a great field, and that's indicative of what the event should be as the flagship event, of course, on the DP World Tour map. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've got Adam Scott playing as well, and also um, Tom Kim. So uh, it just just enhances the field. It's, it's great to see players from the PGA Tour come over and play in, in at the BMW PGA. Um, I went there last year. Um, it was a very sort of strange strange complexion to the event because um after the after the first round i think it was after the first round or second round um the death was announced of the queen so first round second round might have been in second round i can't remember but i remember spending a whole day in my in my hotel room um as the golf was cancelled for a day um just sort of wondering what was going on um and then we came back the next day and there was a nice silence um, around the putting green, as all well, sort of the officials and the players stood in a line 
Um, so that was a very, very sort of surreal thing to take part in and to be there for. Um, as I say, it was there was no play for one day um, because because of the, the death of the Queen, and I was sort of just pottering around, as I say, in my hotel room. It was a very surreal thing. Um, but having been to Wentworth, it is a it's got a big event feel, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the way sort of the events presented. Um, if, just from the fan village to the grandstands to the golf course, um, I think the whole package of of, of it, it being DP World Tour HQ as well, I think it just adds to the whole package of the event. And um, it's had some fantastic winners in down the years. Um, obviously, Shane Lowry um, finished off a fantastic round last year um, to beat John Rahm, to beat Roy McIlroy. Um, and it always attracts massive crowds. That goes without saying, but the winners down the years, we've got Shane Lowry, Billy Horschel, Tyrrell Hatton, Danny Willett, Francesco Molinari, Alex Norren. A um, few years before that, you had Roy McElroy, Luke Donald won it twice in a row, Paul Casey, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Um, so it's just, it's just a, it's just an absolute who's who of European golf, really, um, who have won the BMW PJ Championship. And it just adds to, the prestige of the event. I, I really like it. I really enjoy it. Um, if being honest, it's a bigger prize pot, isn't it? So that probably helps um, bring players over. We've spoken about that before, haven't we? About how, you know, these lads, some of these lads claim they don't play golf for money, but obviously get attracted to the golf events that have more money. <laughs> um, but no, uh, when was the last time you at Wentworth then? Did you go down a few uh, years so ago? I, yeah, so I was there for... Um... Billy Horschel's win in in twenty twenty one, and I was also there when Hoodie Hatton. Um, oh, of course, well. yeah. Was that a, yeah. oh, was, was that a restricted crowd one? Uh, no, was I there for? No, it might have been the year before I was there. Actually, might have been the year before. Actually, I just I always remember, of course, Hoodie Hatton. Yeah, because that obviously sparks the whole debate as he. You know, lifted the trophy. I might, I might be wrong to be fair, but I, I sort of I, I might no, remember you might, you watching might be right, Hatton playing behind closed doors. It was Willett that won 2019. Oh, it might have been. Yes, in fact, it might have been Danny Willett that I saw then. Yeah, mm. I think I always just remember, obviously, the, the furor that was sparked by Tyrrell Hatton wearing a hooded top yeah, on the golf yeah. course. Oh, um, God, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was there for to see Billy Horschel win, and, and it was an emotional win for Billy. And obviously, we then know what he's gone through over the last. Sort of twenty-four mm. months, so um, it'll be good to see him back. He played okay in Ireland as well this week. Um, week just gone, uh, so it'd be good to see him hopefully back to some some good form. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great, like I say, especially the eighteenth. I, I sat on the eighteenth uh, in the eighteenth green. I didn't sit on the eighteenth. That would have been not a protester. Um, You'd have been forcibly removed if you yeah. did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, so in the stand, we got there quite early on the, on the Sunday and just decided, you know what, let's just sit here and watch everyone come in. And it was it was really, like you mentioned, it's a who's who, really, of, of European golf, I think. we had. It was when um, Justin Rose and Thomas Peters both hit those three woods to within three feet of the flag. You know, both could have been in for, for Albatross. Um, it was just a great day and Usually, you know, the, the weather we've had actually recently in the UK has been incredible as well. So hopefully that remains for, for this week. Um, but yeah, what, what what was it like for you when obviously you were there? You mentioned it was a, a different vibe, obviously, after the, the, the passing of the, the Queen in the day of mourning and so on. Did, did, did that change things from, obviously it changed things from, you know, day one to 
what would have been day two. But what was it like towards the weekend? Was it was it still sort of a little bit weird? A little bit, you know. It was a bit strange. I think once play got back underway on Sunday, I suppose you'd have to say that it was just, um, just just a golf tournament again. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was cut short. It was only fifty four holes, I think. Um, and there was a big. It, it, it was a big thing of is the event going to be cancelled? Um, out of respect, is our. But then, in that case, you have to take into account into account fans who have travelled and pay for tickets and stuff and. The players that have travelled to play, so it, it was quite a strange thing. It was the same weekend, obviously. That I think Sergio Garcia shot two or three or four over or something in the first round, withdrew for no good reason, um, and then was pictured with Scotty Scheffler at a, te- at a college football match in Texas the next the next day. Which obviously, where else? Yeah, would you be? yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Can't be. Yeah, must have been. Well, I mean. That's just on the, nothing, something else on the long, long list of <laughs> things that Garcia has done for people to question his character. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was another thing after round one. I remember it sort of being broken and we we're waiting. I went over and asked at the media desk, is there any reason, reason for Garcia withdrawing? And there obviously wasn't. Um, so that was another thing. It was a number of things that weekend. I remember walking around um, the range on the maybe Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. Um, and I managed to. I saw. I saw Jay Monahan sort of just walking around. So he was there for. He might have been there for the. the, the I think there's a players meeting each there each year anyway. Um, but he was obviously there at a, at a sort of a crunch point. There was a lot of a lot of bad feeling towards the live golfers that played there. Um, towards towards people like maybe Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter. Maybe maybe that's a bad example, maybe, because they they were um they were sort of stalwarts um of the European tours. Maybe it's more acceptable that they were there, but maybe some of the American lads that went and played Patrick um, Reed, for instance. Patrick Reed. Well to be fair, yeah. Pat yeah, yeah, maybe one, but Patrick Reed is he he, he did use he, he he was a DP World Tour player sometimes. Yeah. Like he 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 did show good support for the DP World Tour mm. in previous years. So I think it maybe like I don't know, like maybe Ant, Abraham Mansor or Jason Coatcrack, they played, they turned up to play. I think those would be better examples. Yeah. Um and then got and, and then John Rahm commented on one of his um fellow Spaniards on the PGA tour. I think his name's oh Sebastian Garcia Heredia, something like that. Alfredo Garcia Heredia, I think it might be his name. Apologies if that's right if that's wrong, but he was the next alternate to be in the field. And Ram sort of used the thing of these sort of players that are playing on live golf want the cake and eating it, coming back to the P- DP World Tour. And they're depriving other players who are who need points for a card. They're depriving them of places. Um I suppose the repost to that would be play better golf, but that was just another dynamic. My point is, that was just another another dynamic um, to be to be present at last year, um, as well as Billy Horschel just openly saying, "I don't think they should be here." I can't remember if Rory said the same thing or not. Um, but then Shane Lowry saying, "This is one for the good guys." Um, I remember in the first round, Tommy Fleetwoods shooting a great score, maybe sixty-two or sixty-three in the first round. I think it was; it might have been his first tournament. After the death of one of his parents, um, it might, he, I think he took a, a break, um, and that was his first round back after what had happened after a personal issue. Um, so that was another dynamic. It was just, it was just a, a quite a mad weekend to be honest. Probably a, a weekend not seen before, 
at, at, at Wentworth. It was just very strange. We yeah. live golf dynamic with the death of the Queen, with you know a, a, a clear a clear us and them thing. Um, got um, Ian Poulter and Billy Horschel's uh, conversation sort of strongly worded, well, look strongly worded, conversation on the putting green that former, um, not former colleague, but former NCG man, George Cooper, managed to catch on video that went viral for NCG. So that was just another thing as well. It was just a mad, it was a mad weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I just watched golf when I went two years ago. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, you mentioned that leaderboard, just looking down at it, like you say, Lowry won by a shot from McElroy and John Rahm. John Rahm shot 62 on the final day. Mm. Um, Patrick Reed shot 63 to finish three back alongside Victor Hovland. Taylor Gooch was up there as well. Um, Rafa Cabrera-Beo, Francesco Molinari, Billy Horschel, all four back. I mean, when you look at the names on that leaderboard, it's a, it's a tournament you want to win. Um, yeah. And that'll be, of course, the same this week. It's not the only event going on this week. We've got the PGA Tour as well. Um, and the return of one particular man that has garnered a lot of talk and a lot of interest over the last sort of, well, five weeks since his failure to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. Justin Thomas will be back on our screens at the Fortinet Championship uh, alongside uh, Ryder Cup teammate Max Homer um, in the field. Um, I know we've spoken a hell of a lot about JT over the last few weeks. Should he be in? Should he not be in? Leave him alone and things like that. (laughs) Um, How important, though, is this we, right? He's in the team. We know he's in the team. We park that to one side. How important for him personally is this week at the Fortinet Championship? Well, I think I think it's massive. Like, I think you know. I, I know I wrote in the week that I think we need to just stop jabbing Justin Thomas now. Like he got a lot of bad comments on his practice video of himself trying to find something in his swing with his training aids. We all know but, pool noodles don't work then. on the range. Yeah, we all yeah, know. They don't work for me anyway. Um, but it was it was a shame to see, you know, the comments that he was getting as if it was almost as if he chose himself, like he's the Ryder Cup captain or something. Like he got chosen by someone else and he hasn't been on good form. He obviously knows that. He's not an idiot. But I think I think we do need to stop jabbing him. He's gonna be playing the Ryder Cup no matter what. Um and these sort of really critical Harsh comments. Just, I think, just needs to to come to an end now. Um, having said that, I'm not going to be critical of him, but he does need to find form, doesn't he? Like, I don't think he needs anyone to tell him that. Like, he if he misses another cut this week, surely Zach Johnson and JT are thinking, God, like, this is a real slump. Like, I need to, I need to get myself out of this. Like, if he misses the cut this week, he must be thinking, I, I'm, I need to. Um, assess what's going on here because if he misses another cut another weekend then surely he's thinking going to Rome it must be the most out of form I know he's only, he would only be his third Ryder Cup but it's a completely different outlook than yeah. previous Ryder Cups like he's going into this Ryder Cup really really out of form and his and his match play record is in big jeopardy really if 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 he shows more poor form again mm. um, if you look at Max Homer like I, I think he's on course to have a really good Ryder Cup like he's played some really good golf recently. He came tied 10th at the Open, tied 12th at the Scottish Open, um, tied 6th, tied 5th and tied 13th for the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I think Max Homer's um, Max Homer has got a really good chance to do well this week and at the Ryder Cup. I mean, he's trying to become the first player to win three consecutive tournaments since 
the same tournament since Steve Stricker, I think, at the John Deere. Yeah. Um, of course, it's the second fourth in that championship of the year, isn't it? Or, well, not of the year, of the season, technically, because Homer won it last year and we've carried on to this year. Yeah, because technically, we're, we're, I suppose we're now kind of in like a, a super season of, yeah. you know, we've got this, you know, well, as of from next year, I think it's going to be called the fall series, but we're basically in that now um, to see who's going to get, you know, status into those elevated events and, and so on. And we mentioned how good the field is, of course, at Wentworth, but, you know, it's it's not like JT's going up against, you know, nobodies this mm. week, you know. Webb Simpson is in, is in there. Kevin Kisner, obviously we mentioned Max Homer. Akshay Batia, winner on tour this year. Um, Lucas Herbert, Mackenzie Hughes, Matt Kuchar, um, Eric Van Royen, um, Zach Johnson's in there. You know, Jason Dufford, Jimmy Walker, major champions are in this field. Um, Alex Noren, of course, we, we know he's struggled a bit since since since, uh, since mm. Paris. Um, he'll be looking for what Russell Knox loves the first round lead. Um, you know, it's it's a strong field, despite you know the likes of Lowry and Fleetwood and Horschel and and so on being at Wentworth this week. It's still a very strong field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the PGA Tour is sort of cooling off now, isn't it? Um, it's not really we're not really in the main season, are we? It is all about the BMW this week. Um, but you know, it is a vital week for Max Homer and JT to continue to to keep their game in some sort of rhythm, I suppose. Um, and the same goes for, for the BMW PGA. But, but I think there's definitely more to play for at the BMW PGA. That's an event that's got a bit more heritage, a bit more a bit more sort of prestige to it. Um, and it's a week where the DP World, DP World Tour is taking centre stage, really, because yeah. that's where the that's where the players are at, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and it is the week, obviously, as we mentioned, for, for the DP World Tour. Um, mm. With it being at Wentworth, it's home. Um, just looking back to, to Sunday, and <clears throat> one one thing we haven't mentioned so far is how it still isn't quite been the week for Charlie Hull. Um, mm. It's she just keeps coming coming so close, but yet so far. Um, two runner-up finishes in in majors this year. Um, I believe the U.S. Women's Open and then the AIG Women's Open. Um, mm into a playoff this week at the Kroger Queen City Championship with um, Australia's Minji Lee, of course, um, related to Min Woo Lee, uh, brother and sister. Uh, Minji Lee, a two-time major champion in her own right. Her last win, actually, was the US Open, US Women's Open last year. Birdie on the second playoff hole got it done for the Australian, her first win in 13 months. Um, Charlie Hull, second again. What does she have to do to get to get over that line and and, and into the winner's circle again? Because it it must be really just irritating for her right now. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she always puts a positive spin on it, doesn't she? She really keeps her confidence and keeps her keeps her hopes up afterwards. Um, also, she's still a, P, a LPGA Tour winner. Any anyways, it's not like she's chasing like a a, a first trophy, but um, she's playing some great golf this year. I mean, in the last round, sort of Minji Lee. I think the whole trail by five with nine, eight, eight, eight or nine holes to play. Minji Lee sort of came back to the field after a double bogey in the 12th. A hole that Hull also found the water on and made a six as well. And then three consecutive birdies brought her back into it. Um, God, that long putt on the first playoff hole for Hull. Like, I thought it was going to stop about, I thought it was going to stop about six, six feet short. It's an incredible putt. Just kept going and going and going. 
Um, another example of grandstanding, wasn't it? Just ping your ball at a grandstand and get a get a sort of putt from the edge of the green. But God, it kept rolling and rolling and rolling to the point where and it then, almost could have gone in. God, it, it was literally like it, it was less than from. I thought it was going to be six feet away, and it was it ended up less than six inches away. It was literally an inch away. Um, but no, obviously, fair play to Minji Lee. She's you know she is like a certified superstar of the LPG LPGA tour, isn't, isn't she? she? There isn't there is no doubt. Um, that was she had been in, involved in quite a few playoffs on the LPJ tour. Um, she won the Amundi Evian Championship in 2021 via a playoff, and she won yesterday via a playoff. But she'd lost her other three to um to Lydia Ko and Jin Young Ko, and um lost another one in 2019 as well. So that was her ninth LPJ tour win, and fair play, you know, to to uh, uh, Charlie Hole's not an easy player to outrun is she you know they both both end up tied on 16 under and she's not an easy player to outrun but Minji Lee showing her class again um but in the run-up to the Solheim Cup I think Charlie Hole will be very um very optimistic I think that's why she maintains her optimism I feel like she always looks ahead to the next goal to the next tournament and I think she's keeping her optimism up for for a tournament where she's experienced and she'll be seen as one of the key players to help Europe, you know, keep the trophy. Yeah, but that actually be one of one of the oldies, I suppose. You know, technically, I think it's a uh, is it a sixth or a seventh Solheim? Mm. Um, but only Anna Nordquist in the team has has more, and she's as play- she's as a vice captain as well. Um, <laughs> so that shows the level of leadership that, that Charlie, I'm sure, will have um, in a couple of weeks. Time. I think eleven days time until that starts. At Finca Cortesan um, in Andalusia, um, I mean it's just a great month of golf. September it, it always seems to be a great month of golf every year. You always have the BMW PGA Championship. You know, in previous years we've had the start of the PGA Tour season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, now we're going into the fall series, and then obviously every other year, well, usually every year you have either a Solheim or a Ryder Cup. Um, throw a Presidents Cup in there as well. Is usually around this time of year. Um, it's just always a great month of golf. It seems to be. You know, the end of the summer, the sun's still out, you know. Um, it's just a good time for golf, September, usually. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Especially in this year, special year, where Sohan Cup and uh, the PGA Tour are running concurrently. Um, so, yeah, it, it is just an even more special September um, than it usually is. Um, Europe obviously looking to win their third Sohan Cup in a row, which would be the first time they've ever done that. I think America has done it once since it, in its history. Yeah, um, and it's a big time for European golf and American golf. You know, if if either one can win both, that's a big statement, isn't it? It's huge, yeah, completely huge. Um, because I think the Europeans will probably go in slight favorites, slight favorites. Sorry for for the Solheim Cup. The Americans will probably go in slight favorites for for the Ryder Cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it could go either way. I don't think you can really say either or. Mm. You know, is is. And absolutely definitive. I know I've said over the last few weeks that I still think the Americans will win the Ryder Cup, um, just because of the strength in depth. But you can't, you can never bet against Team Europe. We've seen that over the years um, in the Ryder Cup. You know they have been the dominant force this century, really, mm. in the Ryder Cup. Um, and of course, the the Solheim Cup has very much toed and froed over the last sort of decade. You know, I think Europe won two, then the Americans have won two, and then obviously Europe have won the last two. Um, so maybe it's time for the Americans again. Um, but yeah, great week of golf ahead. We've got, like as we mentioned, BMW PGA at Wentworth is the star of the show, I think we safe to say, this week. 
Um, <clears throat> we've got the Fortinet Championship as the PGA Tour returns after its Tour Championship. <clears throat> and uh, once again, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, I've not been fired from this role. Um, no, how did you find it? Are you, are you pleased with your performance? Are you, are you, are you relieved yeah. it's over? I mean, <laughs> there's been a bit of a sweat on at times. Um, <laughs> that's the September heat, of course. Uh, but no, it's been good. Um, obviously, as always, we just we basically just have a chat about something we know yeah. and love, and that is yeah. golf. Um, you know, you can't go wrong when you get paid yeah, to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not hosting. Um, yeah, it's not live either. Maybe maybe a live show is is a consideration one day, perhaps. Oh, well, so we should, we'll book out. Well, where should we book out? Mm, not Wembley. Wembley. I don't think. I think it might be. Not Wembley. Not Wembley. They're usually busy there. Um, That's the only reason. MEN, something like that? Yeah, could do. Start yeah. small, then, yeah. That's harsh on the MEN. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we'll get up to the stadium tour in a few yeah, years' time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as always, I've been Matt Coles. That's been Matt Chivers. Matt, thanks again, as always. Thanks, mate. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, we'll have a great week of golf, and we'll be back same day, Monday, as always, next week, with the Slam Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. 